We've been talking the past several Sundays about seeing the face of God. 1 John 3 says, when you see Him as He is, you become as He is. So we've been talking about the fact that God doesn't want to make you a better you. He wants to make you more like Him. We spend most of our time trying to make us better us. When Paul said, there is nothing good in me. If I just keep producing more of me, I just keep producing more mess. What I want to do is get to a place that I become more like Him. How do I become more like Him? By seeing Him as He is. And so we've been talking about seeking, seeing the face of God. The only way you see the face of God is if you seek the face of God. He's not just going to show up and scare you. You have to seek Him. Those that seek, find. Those that ask, get it answered. Those that knock, get the doors open. We say, God, do the work. And He's like, I did it. Jesus said, I did it. And I said, it is finished. I'm done. D-U-N, done. Now I'm waiting on you to make a step toward me. If you want to see God, you have to seek God. Tweet that with a hashtag heals a man. That's a good word right there. I just want to see you, but are you willing to seek Him? Y'all know hide and seek can be tiring, can it? It's what Job said, Lord, if I knew where you were, I would go there. I would go there. That's what my heart is saying now. Lord, I'm longing for you. Let me say something to you. The greatest times in my life have been when I have abandoned everything and gone after Jesus. I'm 44 tomorrow. And so for the next year, next year, I'm going to be giving you a formula. Formula 44. I'm just going to keep saying it over and over. This is the formula to having a successful life. Abandon yourself. Go after Jesus. Okay. Dive into the deep. Go after. That song was so fitting today, Jared and and Leslie and the team. Going after Jesus. Deep calls to deep, the Bible says. You ever around people and you can just feel something and you start stirring? Raise your hand. You know what that is? That's the depth in them calling out to the depth in you. This is why you find you, you, you want to be around certain people. and you can, you can feel this thing. It's the depth. The depth of God begins to call after you. Some of you will never be satisfied living a shallow life. You just won't be. Because you have the deep things of God are calling after you. But the deep things are scary things. Ask Peter. Walking on the water. There's nothing scary about walking on the water when it's this tall. But when you're in the depth and things are crashing, there is something scary about it. Some of you are really on the brink of doing something great, but you're scared. And you think that your, your fear is God's way of saying, don't do it. Many times your fear is God's way of saying, you're getting close to me. I look at some of you here today, I won't call you out by name, but you have made absolute crazy steps of faith. Crazy steps of faith. You should not have done what you did. But I'm watching God honor it right now. I had had a meeting this week with someone who was talking about 
what they need to do to have some security in their life. And as I was talking to them, I could see in their eyes they were going, that's not what I really want. What I really want is to go after my dreams and my passions. That's what I really want to. The deep things of God. When you seek Him, I love this. The Scripture says the Father is seeking those that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. So He's looking for us while we're looking for Him. He's not really hiding. He's not running around. He's just waiting on us to look for Him as much as we're looking, as He's looking for us. I want to encourage you, go after Him. There are applicable ways that you can do that. Just normal ways. Read the Word. But don't just read it to read it and go, well, got that done. Read it looking for Him. In your prayer time, don't just pray to pray. Pray looking for Him. When God begins to bless you, something great happens, look for Him in that moment. Seek His face. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. When you have a bad time, look for Him in that moment. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. And some of you right now, as I'm saying this about stepping out and doing great things, you're like, how do I know if that's really right? I don't know. If you're acknowledging Him in all of your ways, He's going to direct your steps. Steps of good people are ordered of the Lord. The Bible says He will give His angels charge over you to keep you from even stubbing your toe. So here's what I've found. I may put my foot out on nothing, but if I'm acknowledging Him in all my ways, He's going to catch my foot and place it right where it needs to go. Now, I'm not talking about you following your vain passions or desires. I want to be famous, so I'm just going to go do it. Don't do that. That's where you make terrible mistakes. But if you're acknowledging Him, if you are seeking Him, then you're going to see Him. Those that seek Him, find Him. Look at your neighbor again and say, if you seek Him, you're going to see Him. That was just a little free birthday present before the sermon today. We felt like God gave us a clear word at our church. A clear, a clear directive that we feel like God gave us over the past several weeks. And that is this, that this is a season of us taking new territory. We believe that. I believe that with everything that I have. We, we had, we've had people come up and say God spoke to them in prayer and they've, they've spoken these things to us. I had someone walk up to me a moment ago and say you're getting ready to walk into a, a new season. We believe that. I believe that with all of my heart that we're getting ready to step into a season of new territory. That doesn't just mean the church. I believe that means you. I believe in your marriage, in your business, in your finances, in your walk with God. This is a time of new territory. How many are ready for that? New stuff. How many are tired of the old? How many are tired of the old? (laughs) You're not that tired. You'd have said something. Ready to move into it. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about what it means to take new territory. Because with new territory comes more responsibility. And with more responsibility comes more authority. That's where we're going. But I want to dive back into just a few moments on this whole thing. Listen, the way we're going to take territory this time, though, is not going to be the way it's been taken before. 
We're going to do it by having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not, we're going to war. We're going to take new territory. No. We're going to do it by being in His presence, seeking His face, and letting Him take care. Matter of fact, the Bible says the battle is the Lord's. We try to fight it because we want the glory. I'm just being honest with you. We want to get to the end of it and go, man, I just fought the worst battle of my life. That is not how God wants it to be. He wants us to get to the end of it and God say, man, you did a good job there, God. That was absolutely incredible. Some of us are fighting battles God never intended us to fight. Whack, whack. Acts chapter 17. This is a passage of scripture that I read at the very end of the sermon last week. By the way, I apologize that we don't have the audio of that. Uh, we, we had technical difficulties of some sort, uh, computer or human error, I don't know and don't care. We, we don't have the audio, but uh, our, we had a really cool team, Kara Davis and some of her team put together a really cool summary of the teaching, and you can go online and there's a link to that. I love that they did that. Uh, Read this. I read this at the very end of the message as we were, you had your head bowed. Most of you may not even have heard this. This is an incredible passage of Scripture. Acts chapter 17, verse 27. His purpose, God's purpose, was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him. Listen, we're talking about territory here. And taking territory. How do nations take territory? They bargain for it. They sign treaties. They work things out. They maneuver. They manipulate. All right, we'll let you use this piece of land if you'll let us do that, right? Just bargain. Or they just go to war. We're just going to fight over it. We want what is in that ground. We're going to fight for it. We want this territory. That's how nations do what they do. That is not how God intended for it to be. His purpose for the nations were that they would seek after God. Look at me. When you talk about territory and taking territory, in the kingdom, everything is opposite than in the normal world. When you begin to talk about the kingdom of God, everything gets switched around. Everything changes up. If you want to go up, you go down. If you want to be at the head table, you sit at the last place. If you want to be rich, you're poor. If you want to be strong, you're weak. Everything goes in the kingdom, everything goes back to Eden, the way God made it to be, where the lion and the lamb lay down together. When you get home, read Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35 talks about the kingdom of God and what it's going to look like. It will blow your mind how much what God wants it to look like is how it looked like in the beginning. The lion and the lamb laying down together? Where does that happen? In the kingdom. In the kingdom, what you get is not based on what you do. It's based on who you are. Adam, everything Adam needed came out of his relationship with God. And as soon as he severs that relationship and walks in disobedience with the word of God, now he's outside of that doing Everything he gets now is because he works for it. 
How many of you are living in that kind of life right now where you're working for everything you get? Raise your hand. Be honest. Come on. Whether that's relationships or religion, whatever. That is not God's intention. What His intention is, is for us to seek after Him. Not to war. Not to fight. Not to scratch and claw and do what we do. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm gonna, no, that's not God's plan. His plan is that we would look to Him for provision. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find them. The nations need an encounter with God. Look at me. They don't need more social services. They don't need more social justice. They need an encounter with God. Because if you have an encounter with God, you're not going to have to worry about having a heart to feed the poor. Wah, wah. Those of you who don't know what that is, that is an organ from my roots in Mississippi. Wah. When you hear that, that means that was a good word. And then somebody, how many know about that? Raise your hand. How many do not know about that? Just nod your head. Listen, we need an encounter with God. It was not God's will that the nations would try to do good for other nations. It was God's will that they would seek after God. When you seek after God, you begin to take on His attributes, which are, He is a good God. He gives, He blesses, He cares. If our nation, if our nation would just seek God... Do you know, there's a great book. If you've never read it, you need to read The Hole in Our Gospel. Incredible book. This book is written by a a former CEO of one of the top companies in America. And now he works as, as the head of a non-profit. And in this book, he says, if every person would just, if every Christian would just tithe, We wouldn't have to worry about anybody being homeless, sick, or ill in the world. In the world. That's it. Just tithe. Just give. Just care enough. If we would just seek after God... See, you've heard me say it before. It is not the government's job to take care of the poor and the hungry. It's the church's job. Uh Uh-oh. It's our job. But because we don't do our job, the government has to do it. What if we would just seek after God? Then we begin to take on His compassion, His heart for people. And I'm bringing a word on 44 today. Our our nations need an encounter with God. Our nation needs an encounter with God. This city needs an encounter with God. We were at a football game yesterday out, out uh, and, and the, the football field was elevated. FRA, if you've never been to a football game there, it's absolutely amazing. Franklin Road Academy. We're sitting up there and, what, and I look out and you can just see the hills and the trees. And I look over and I go, we live here. <laughs> this is where we live, y'all. You know how blessed we are to live in this city called Nowville now? 
It's the new it city, the best restaurants and all the things that are starting to happen around us. And yet there's an entire community in Nashville that doesn't know that. They don't know that. Nashville on Sunday is the most segregated city that you can think of. So when you look around here and you see other people here that you normally don't hang out with, and that's just not color, that's, that's economics, that's in age, that's in background, man, that's what God wants to see happening. This is what our city needs. We need an encounter with God. Now, I don't say this much. Kristen knows this. My mom and dad know this. I've been, I've been speaking. I'm 44 now. I preached my first sermon when I was 12 years old. I went into full-time ministry when I was 17. So for 27 years, I have not said this many times. And I say this with trembling knees. We are in revival. You listen to what I'm telling you. We are having revival. We are. For those of you who don't know what that means, that means something that was dead or dying is brought to life. Now, when I say revival, some of you have this connotation of what that means. You Baptists think that means once a year. We got to go to church more than just on Sunday. Right? For us Pentecostals, you didn't know when it was going to hit. Just, just out of nowhere. We just showed up on Sunday and revival hit. And you don't know how long it's going to last either. I used to travel as an itinerant minister in the, mainly the Pentecostal denominations for, for many years. And it was funny because I'd show up to a church and I expect to be there on a weekend and we get to the end of the service and the pastor would walk up and go, I think this thing's going to go further than that. Pastor Hill was one of those. He would come and go, hey, things are going to go longer. Can you stay next week? And I'd call the other place. Hey, I won't be there. Why? Revival just broke out. All right? We're going to stay on. Some of you, when you think of revival, you think of a tent meeting. Some of you, when you hear revival, you think them people are crazy. Revival is when you start beginning to see signs of life where there was no life. I'm seeing it. I'm looking at some of you where life is starting to happen in you. Things are coming back to life that used to be dead. Man. Some of you are feeling it right now in you as I'm speaking. Something's buzzing right here. You know what that is? That's your spirit responding to the Word of God. You may not even be used to your belly button buzzing, but that's happening right now. That's you responding to what I'm saying. Revival is happening. Just give in to it. Let it happen. Let Him change you. Let Him wreck you. Let Him destroy you. Because He'll build you right back up the way you need to be. Man. Our city needs an, an encounter with God. Our church needs an encounter with God. If you want to come to a cool church, well, I believe we're a cool church. Thank God for that. If you want to come to church that has good music, great. If you want to come to church that has great kids' ministries, that's awesome. That's great. But our entire focus is going to be we want Jesus to show up and change lives. And if we've got all the cool and that doesn't happen, we have failed. 
We need revival in our church. We need an encounter with God in our church. You need an encounter with God in your family. You need an encounter with God in your life. Where you're just driving down the road and all of a sudden there he is. Oh, hi. Just shows up. God's purpose was that the nations would seek after Him and perhaps feel their way. One translation says grope. You ever in the darkness? You know what I'm talking about? We're moving right now and everything is where it's not supposed to be. We've completely packed up everything. It's in cardboard boxes and there's furniture where there shouldn't be furniture. And last night I remembered something I needed to get up and I jump up out of bed and just wham! Ah! Ah! And just start in the dark. You know what I'm talking about? Just just grope. That's what he says. It was his plan that the nations would seek after him and grope. How many feel like that's how you are? You don't really know what you're doing. Right? And that makes you crazy because you're used to just being to-do list. Get my task done. Know right where I'm going, setting my goals. I'm not a big fan of goals, I've got to be honest with you. I'm just not. Because I think most of our goals are just selfish. I'm a fan of fulfilling the calling God has on your life. That's what I'm a fan of. Because most of the time it's like this right here. You just, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm heading somewhere. I hear his voice over here. So I'm just in the vicinity I'm heading that way. (laughs) Groping for him. That was God's purpose. And then he goes on to say, bring up that scripture. Monica, if you'll just leave that up for just a moment. Acts 17. I love this. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him. Watch this though. Though He is not very far from any of us. Don't you love that's the kind of God you have? No? Just a few of us? Ben? Ben with a resounding yes and a couple of mumblers. <laughs> Sound like the British Parliament for just a moment. That's <laughs> 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 your yay be nay, your nay be nay. If you don't agree, just go no. <laughs> and we will tase you. But no, no, no. He is not, I love that. I love that. He is not very far from any of us. And when he was saying these things, he wasn't just talking to Christians, he was talking to pagans, non-believers. And he's telling them, he's not far from you. And these are the guys that are sacrificing their kids. They're giving their kids to die, to be sacrificed. They're performing all manner of hedonistic rituals. And what is he saying? It was God's will that you would seek after Him. And He's not far from you. When my brother Joshua uh, passed away, uh, about two days before he passed away, he said, you know, Johnny, kind of, if you've ever been around someone that's at the end of their life, they'll start saying things, and you know this is not of this world. They're seeing something, hearing something. And Joshua looked at us, and he goes, you know, everybody thinks it's so far away. 
And he said, but that's really thin. It's really thin. The thin place. That's what the old timers used to call a thin place. When you could walk in and you could just feel there's another world close by here. He is not far from any of us. Just like a hovering daddy. My boys have to tell me, back off, Dad. You know, Davis has just moved into middle school now. He's a middle schooler now. And it was like a change, you know. I mean, elementary school, it was okay. I love you. The first day of middle school. See you, Dad. I got this. It's like, what? I like to think that's how our father is. Our heavenly father is just right there. Come on. Just waiting for us to acknowledge him. Just waiting for one morning for Sam to go. All right, Daddy, I'm looking for you this morning. I've been waiting on you, boy. Come on. Come close to me. He's just waiting. Most of us probably were raised thinking that God is so far away from us and we got to labor and sweat and bleed. Can I get a witness from somebody today? Uh, I got to suffer. And I'm barely going to stumble into the pearly gates. Just crawl into. Grabbing hold of his nail scarred feet. And maybe then he will still say, Depart from me. How many raised that way? Just barely going to make it in if we make it at all. No, he's not far from any of us. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you did last night. He's still near you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm yelling on my birthday. He's so close to you. He's just waiting on you. The old song said he's as close as the mention of his name. Jesus. 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 He's not far from any of us. For in him we live, we move, and exist. He's all around us. He's everywhere. And all he's wanting us to do is say, surround me, envelop me. All he's wanting for us to do is to get a mindset of seeking after him. Seeking after him. Longing for him. That a pursuit of Jesus becomes more important than anything else. The pursuit of Jesus. Not the pursuit of being good. Can can I say that enough for us to finally get it? Not the pursuit of being a good person. The pursuit of Jesus. Just Jesus. We used to have a t-shirt. My dad may still have it that we sold when we traveled. And it just said, Jesus, period. That's it. That's it. Just Jesus. Not the hills. Jesus. The hills is just an excuse for me to get to hang out with people that I like and us to go after Jesus together. That's it. 
Just Jesus. And that's why Eden was so beautiful, is that was it. It was just God, Adam and Eve. Just the Creator and the created together. Living life. And where nothing was a concern. Nothing, look at me, nothing was a concern. They didn't worry about anything. Where they ate, what they wore, who they married, where they slept, nothing. And that's what Jesus was saying in Matthew 6 when He said, look at the flowers, look at the birds. They don't worry about it. It just happens. Why? Because they're just being who I made them to be. The bird doesn't worry about, oh man, if I was more like a chipmunk, then I would be a better person, a better animal. Right? What does a bird do? Just builds nest. Eats, lays eggs, lives its life. That's it. The flower just whoop, pops up. Hey, here I am. In the field. And I wish I'd have popped up over there. No, just right here. The grass is greener over there. Just I'm right here. I'm happy to be here. Take me home. Smell of me. It's fine. It's just easy. It, not us. I wish I would have looked better and did more and did more. And he said, look, if you will seek first the kingdom of God, live righteously, then all of the stuff that you're worried about just gets dumped on you. Man. A little less worry. A little less worry. Worry is our way of telling God we don't think He's good enough. I love that. Mm. <laughs> there is such an independence. Independence. I'm going to say it again. There is such independence. Independence. I just hit that one. That was a good one right there. Man, we're in revival. (laughs) You want to be free from all the stuff? Become dependent on Him. Dependent in Him. The reason a flower doesn't worry about anything is because it's in where it's supposed to be. There is such independence in dependence. Not us. We want to be um, nobody trusting on nobody. Nobody going to hurt me again. Chris and I were eating somewhere the other day and there was this waitress that was waiting on us and had the most beautiful blue eyes you've ever seen in your life. Just, you know, people have pretty eyes and then there are other people you see, whoa, where did those come from? Just gorgeous blue eyes. And I said, did you see her eyes? And then I grabbed Chris and I said, I love being married to a wife that I can say, that's a pretty lady right there. That was a good thing, you know. He said, look at those eyes. But it stopped right here. Here down, there was no life. There was no smile. It was this. Got a little growl every once in a while. Just this, dead right here. Just here. And I, I looked at Kristen and I said, you know what that is? That's somebody that says, nobody's going to hurt me again. You're not going to hurt me again. You can just see it all over them. This beautiful person that all it would take is for her to say, okay, I think I'm going to trust again. Yeah, I've been hurt. 
He hurt me, she hurt me, church hurt me, government hurt me, city hurt me, principals hurt me, bullies in seventh grade hurt me. I get it. Okay. But just to break it and just trust again. I'm going to try this. I'm just going to trust again. There is freedom in dependence. Because when you trust me, you're dependent on me. You hear me? When you say to me, I'm going to trust you with this, you become dependent on me. We're taught not to do that. Boy, it's getting quiet in here right now. Because we're taught, don't don't let anybody get one up on you. Don't you let anybody, you got to stay hard, man. Stay tough, girl. No. Become dependent. Be open. I'm speaking to a group of hurt people right now. So I know you don't like what I'm saying. But I've been hurt too. You want to mark hurts up? Let's tally them up, sweetheart. Let's just start writing them up. I love we say it around here a good bit. People are like, I don't know if I trust church or preachers or not. I don't know if I trust (laughs) y'all. You think it's just you, right? I've been hurt by preachers. I've been hurt by church people. Watched them try to run my mom and dad out on a rail. I watched them run my brother the other way from God. I watched them. I watched my brother, before he dies, finally comes back to that. Took him all those years because of church people. And you all, I don't know if I trust. Well, I don't know if I trust you. I got to just see if it's a safe place before I start serving with the kids. I don't know that I want you working with our kids. Oh, I just got burnt out at my last church. I don't know if I can do any setup or nothing. Brother drove from Florida. Beer 7.30 in the morning to set up a stage. I don't know if I can trust or not. I don't know if I want you setting up this stage. You may break something. It's my birthday. I'll pastor if I want to this morning. (laughs) Let me tell you, we're going to get on pretty soon. We're going to talk about how to serve like a son instead of a slave. That's coming up in a few weeks. I cannot wait. Every every Saturday night, I'm like, come on now, now, now. And he's like, no, just hold up, hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> so that's the difference there. It's this, Evan and, Evan and I can get at each other. Evan, don't do that. But at some point, Evan still trusts me because we're family. He's not an employee of mine. He's my boy. He trusts me. There's, there is independence, independence. And then write this down. There is freedom and favor In fellowship. There is such freedom in fellowship. And just loving on Jesus and Him loving on you and being around other people that love on Jesus. Connected. And that's His will. His purpose is that we would seek Him 
And when we seek Him, you're going to find Him. He can't help Himself. I love that about Him. It's just in His nature. If somebody says, Jesus, whoop! If two or three just get together and say anything, He can't wait. He's looking for an opportunity to show up today. Some of you have been running from this, what we're talking about right now. And you've been running from it because you didn't know what it was. The deep things of God are beautiful. To all of you who are creative, I don't know how in the world you live your life with just a normal relationship with Jesus. I don't know how you do that. Because you're creative and you, you want to talk creativity, you get into the things of God. And he starts spinning around and showing you parts of him you've never seen. Things you've never experienced. And, whoa, man, that's what he's after. He's after us going deeper with him than ever before. Look at your neighbor. Say this with me. It is his purpose that you would seek after him. It is his purpose that I would seek after Him. And in seeking, that I would... Some of you are not even looking at your neighbor, much less saying anything. What in the world? We're starting over. I mean, from the beginning of the sermon. Would you turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 17? We're just going to start the whole thing over. Look at your neighbor and say, it is God's will that you seek after Him. And in seeking, that you would find Him. Now turn to your second choice, the other neighbor, and say this to them. Look them in the eye and say this. I want you to hear my voice this week. When you feel like giving up, when you mess up and you think that God is far from you, He is close. He's just as close as the mention of His name. Call on Him. He'll be there. Let's stand.